Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Travel podcast. This is episode 12. I'm again joined by Dan and Ben. And we're going to be previewing Arsenal versus Aston Villa this weekend, early kickoff on Saturday. Um, both teams coming into it off the back of a loss. Arsenal obviously away from home. Are we, it's a game we need to bounce back from, certainly, especially after the manner of which we lost against Wolves. Dan? Bouncing back is definitely the, uh, the goal for this game. Um, we need to see a response from the team. Uh, we need to play how we played in the first 44 minutes against Wolves and then 90 minutes against Villa. And no one can get sent off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if a game with that red cards or VAR controversy would be, be very nice. Oh, it would be bliss. It would be beautiful. <laughs> ben? Yeah, I mean, I can only really echo Dan's thoughts. We've uh, got to keep 11 men on the pitch and we've got to keep the tempo high, you know. And for once, we've actually got to try and take our chances in the first half when they present themselves, you know, with a bit of better finishing, we're 3-0 up against Wolves, um, and the game's outside, the red card becomes largely academic. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can carry on from the first half of Wolves, put the second half behind us, and move on. It's, really, it's going to be a really interesting one. We've got almost, almost like not our first team eleven in any position, really, when you think about it. Our first was keepers out. Uh, it's looking likely it'll be Renarsson. We obviously all hope Matt Ryan somehow miraculously recovers in less than a day to, to start. I was just wondering, if he's not fully fit, who's going to make the bench? I was just trying to think. Is it a Quonko-year-old academy yeah. keeper, 18 years yeah. old? I'm not sure. I think it's a, his name's like a Quonko or something. Um, but he was training with the first team earlier this season, so I would expect him to be in. Um, yeah, training in and around, yeah. Or just put an 80% fit Matt Ryan in between the sticks, to be honest. Just hope the Arsenal <laughs> doesn't go and handball it 25 yards outside his own box. Um, the granite going gold or something. <laughs> yeah. So, we're at, without uh, first-choice keeper, obviously, Leno handballed it, got sent off, looking likely to be an Arsenal. We don't think Tierney will be back fit again. So, presumably, it'll be Cedric in the back line. And, obviously, David Luiz is suspended whether we agree or disagree with that, we spoke about before. Gabriel in defence, or do we think he'll risk marry or bring Chambers into it? Yeah, it will probably be Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah, and um, Gabriel in holding partnership with Bellerin and Cedric, like it's been the last couple of weeks. It'd be beautiful mm. to see any come back and make a big surprise um, recovery. But to be honest, I, um, I don't think... The, the club haven't been very vocal with how the um the players have been coming back so hopefully um yeah Gabriel and Holding can't really see anyone else going in there um Gabriel Holding and then we can hope Cedric can do the same sort of job he did against Southampton and not like he was against Wolves um when he got rinsed by Traore 
I think the rest of the team probably picks itself as well. You know, you've got Xhaka and Party in midfield, who should be fully fit. Um, for me, Pepe has to keep his position on the left. Yeah. Um, although Aubameyang may well be fully fit again. Um, you know, Pepe's been so good and you might you need to play him while he's in form because there'll be times, you know, the player that we've seen, there'll be times when he's in form and there'll be times when he's out of form and you need to take, make the most of when he's in form because he's really quite good when he is. Yeah. Um, and then Saka on the right should probably continue provided he's over his uh, injury. Um, Lacazette up front sort of beats himself. The only other uh, issue, I suppose, is at number 10 and who you play there. I'd, I'd give Odegaard a start. I think Smith Rowe's played a lot. He he played ninety minutes the other day uh, in the Man United game. He looked really tired. I just I think we just need to give him a rest because we're almost going to burn him out if we just keep playing him. And the games we have, I think it'd be really important to have him fully fit and focused. Dan, it's a great it's a great opportunity for Odegaard to get his first um, significant feature in the team. Whether that comes from I think if in the um, the previous game against Wolves, if we hadn't got put down to nine men, um, he would have probably come on and made some sort of a feature. But um, obviously the circumstances speak for themselves. But um, I think this game is a perfect opportunity to give him that um, that chance and that shot in the number 10 role. Um, whoever plays, though, with our team at the moment, it's um, very clear to see that we've got brilliant balance with Pepe on the left, Saka on the right. The only player that kind of makes it unbalanced is Cedric because he's cutting inside to try and play those better passes. But as soon as we've got Tierney back, our our team should be very nicely balanced, especially with that Partey Shaka pivot and then one of Odegaard or Smith Rowe that plays in the 10. Um, and I think that has been the key to a lot of our performances where we've been playing well this season. Mm. My only worry is that we might see William play at 10 and Odegaard's not declared sort of, you know, ready for his first Premier League start. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him given 60 minutes and then Smith Rowe come on, or vice versa. I just, I don't want to see William playing at number 10, not when you've signed Erdegaard and you've got Smith Rowe playing so well. No, yeah. William starting would just demoralise all of us before kick-off. <laughs> it was just, every time you see him in the starting 11, it was just like, oh. I don't think he did too bad in the... Um... Oh, who is it we played in the in the home game we last played? Um, I don't think he did too bad when he came on. I thought, well, he created those chances and then it just didn't fall for us in the end, didn't it? It wasn't awful, but you want to be excited. And Odegaard excites me. Willian just depresses me. So do you do you think do you think Odegaard excites you because he's new and fresh, or do you think it's just because you've seen enough of Willian to know that anybody's basically an upgrade on Willian? Probably both, but I think I think Odegaard's been around. He's been around almost like six, seven years. Mm-hmm. He's only twenty-two. So I remember like, we were linked to him, we were him when he was still at, like, in Norway, and we like every club in Europe wanted him. We were Champions League team at the time, and so you always sort of followed him, especially when he went to Madrid. He's become this high-profile player. But he burst on the scene, didn't he? Yeah, he's a natural mm. 10 as well, though, isn't it? It's like William yeah, yeah. naturally a wigger and sort of makeshift 10 if you need him to be like he's played Saka there before. But I think it gives yeah. us options. It gives us options. I'd like to see Martinelli get some minutes off the bench as well. Yeah, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure he will with Aubameyang. You know, now, now Pepe's there, Aubameyang, Martinelli and Pepe are all essentially vying for that left-wing spot. Um, but I would like to see Martinelli and the energy he brings off the bench 
um, yeah. just slotting in, you know, sort of that's 60, 70 minutes. That's what he's best at, just coming. Um, well, he specialises in uh, injection of pace, energy. Um, mm. He can really bring that drive. And, he, like, you know, Gabby, he'll run for the whole 90 minutes, like 30 minutes, however long he's on for. Yeah. He'll give 110%. And I think that he can be a better impact player than a Bamiang in some ways. Mm. 100%. So, obviously, we, we spoke about Arsenal. We know that we lost our last game. Villa also did. I think they were they were outplayed by West Ham. I don't know what's happened to West Ham this season. I never thought they'd go down. I predicted them to finish quite high, but they've... <laughs> challenging for Champions League. It's... For the Champions League, what's David Moyes is sending the prime Pep Guardiola. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> they found Thomas Suchek, who is just <laughs> a, a gem. Like, yeah, Jesse Lingard as well. And yeah, he's somehow got Jesse Lingard scoring two after not playing all season. It's just, it's it's ridiculous, quite the surprise that he's getting out of that West Ham squad that looked sort of horribly disjointed last season, even under Moyes. You know, they looked disjointed, disinterested, and all of a sudden they're all sort of pulling in the same direction. You do have to worry if Antonio gets injured, um, who sort of fills in up front. They've got Jared Bowen, who can play through the middle, suppose Ben Rama can maybe play through the middle, but they've not really got a natural replacement. Um, but other than that, yeah, they're just they're just storming, aren't they? I, mean, I don't think Jesse Lingard looked class against Villa. Like, I'm not a massive Jesse Lingard fan, but he, he completely no. destroyed him. And... He didn't have, he, Martinez did basically give him two goals, so I'm not going to lie. I mean, we hope <laughs> he has... As much as we love Emmy and he's a great servant to the club, we hope he has an absolute shocker when we play him on uh, Saturday. He did make a couple of those mistakes, those Lingard goals. But, um, yeah. but yeah, Villa looked looked quite poor for the first time in a in a long while, which gives gives me a bit of confidence. I don't know about you, it's sort they, of they looked they looked really really leggy. Um, and I, I was reading a stat that says you know they've made the fewest changes to their starting eleven in the Premier League so far this season, and that was sort of a game where you could just sort of tell, you know, even the normally really energetic midfield of McGinn, Douglas Louise and Ross Barkley just looked so tired. They were just getting run past by West Ham time and time again. Um, and they have also will have had a day less than us to recover, which is, you know, that's only going to compound that issue. So I would expect two or three changes to be made by Villa just to sort of try and keep it fresh. We know, we know the danger of Villa, though, don't we? You look at Grealish, you look at Barkley, yeah, he struggled a bit at Chelsea at times, but he's still a good player. I think Morgan Sanson is a very good signing for them. Ollie Watkins scored twice against us at the Emirates. They've got some dangerous players. We and the players we have out. Do we have reason to be worried, Dan? Um, you've always got reason to be worried when uh, Jack Grealish is having the season he's having. Um, the previous result will either go one of two ways: it'll either collapse their con- confidence, or it will just spur spur them on. And they'll absolutely tear us apart. But um, we hope it's the first one. But um, the way that midfield's gone this season, uh, you can tell they're tired because, like you said, they've not really changed their eleven. But that's also been their strength because they played so much football together. They're getting to know each other inside out, which I think is something Arteta struggled with at the start of the season because you think about it, he was constantly changing uh, the players involved constantly changing, um, like the front three, the back four, um, the midfield combination, Elneny, Partey, Shaka, Sabayos, Willock. Like, I think if you stick with some players, 
eventually they will get to know and learn the way each other play. Hence, Smithrow and Saka, the way they link up in some of their plays is because they played together through academy level, through all the way to the first team. So that's why Villa have been so good this season. So it's just a case of we hope they have a, another bad day. Um, but I think our midfield will be stronger this time. Obviously, Partey got injured in the last uh, time we played them. Um, let's hope it doesn't happen again. And let's hope Shaka and Partey, they do look more solid rather than Partey and Alneni as a pairing. And fair play to Shaka, he stepped up massively this season. Mm. It's It was always going to be billed as sort of Emi Martinez with like play against his old team. Is, yeah. it, is that more heightened now, considering what happened with Leno? Is there almost, not pressure, but is it now almost, oh, look what you could have had, considering the season he's been having, putting aside uh, against West Ham? I think that it is going to be heightened pressure because he's coming back again. You know, he was he was very good for the game, which we lost uh, earlier this season. And he hasn't really put a foot wrong um, so far this season, before the West Ham game. Yeah. And it was, but it, it, I think it was quite fitting that he makes his mistakes the day after Leno made his, you know, huge mistake. Just to sort of show that no matter what Arsenal fans think, both goalies have got flaws. Like they're not. We didn't. We didn't let go of a world class talent and keep hold of a world class talent. We've kept hold of some. We've kept hold of a very good goalie and let a very good goalie go. But they've both got different talents and they've both got different weaknesses. And, you know, I think you see them both there. Martinez is shot-stopping, normally very reliable, but he's he's prone to a mistake, whereas Leno's just prone to complete lapses of judgment every now and then, yeah. you know, sort of hot-headedness. Yeah. I mean, in this instance, I'd rather have Martinez over Alex Van Arsen. And I think, I, think <laughs> I think every Arsenal fan could agree. If you disagree with me, you probably don't watch Arsenal. Um, but, it's it, yeah, it's going to be a bit of... I think it'd be definitely builders keeper sort of should Arsenal have kept Martinez. Um, what do we think we can expect from Villa? Or sort of like how like they, the way they play with it? Will we are will we be able to counter it quite well, Ben? Do you think? I think it'll be difficult. I, they usually play sort of four three three forty three one similar to us, um, and then Grealish goes out on the left, where he's usually very effective. I, I'm not sure how Arsenal are going to approach it, whether we seek to nullify Villa, Villa's threats more than we seek to sort of go with our own strengths. You know, under under Emery, you would have definitely seen us trying to nullify the opposition's threats uh, as opposed to, you know, using our own strengths. But I think Arteta's quite good when it comes to sort of saying we are going to be better at football than you today yeah, and sort of playing that way. One thing that I did think was really interesting in the West Ham game that the Villa played was the doubling up that they did on Jack Grealish on the left. So they had um, they had two players marking him and then also target when he overlapped. And it would be interesting to see if Bukayo Saka on the right sort of ends up filling back more, um, sort of do the same sort of thing. Because although they although you can make a case, you know, Villa have got a more balanced side now with Barkley and El Ghazi and Watkins. Grealish is still undeniably their best talent and their best creator. You know, he's been involved in something like nearly 50% of their goals so far this season. He's got uh, six goals, 10 assists. He's he's playing as if he was a Premier League winner in a side that is probably mid-table and he's dragging them well up. 
he's a player that you'd love at Arsenal, wouldn't you? So, or it's oh, sort yeah. of a bit like that role is he sort of just fills it almost almost Mesut Ozil esque, but he just works harder. Back. Yeah, he back as well. he's got the attacking <laughs> prowess of Ozil, but can actually defend and wants to defend. His dribbling is world class as well with yeah. Grealish. He, he's just if we honestly, I'd put Parse on him. Just tell him like sit on him, just. Um, don't let him get the ball, but to, and that's what part is best at as well. Like tackles in c- close contact, seems to be like his biggest strength as well as his passing, obviously. But if Grealish is going to try and dribble, then I just put Partey on him. You never wanted to like, you never want someone to like cause harm to a player. But if we, if you put in a couple of rough tackles, nothing like leg breaker, but sort of just rough, rough him up a bit, sort of like distract him from his game. Josh, we said we didn't want any red cards this game, if you remember me saying <laughs> no, nothing, nothing red card level, but he sort of just sees Shaq sort of giving like a shoulder or two. I, I could definitely see a few cards being given for fouls on Grealish, whether they're fouls made because they want to foul him or fouls made because he skipped past three players um, is another matter. Let's just take him out. Uh, no, he's the most booked player in the league, I think, isn't he? Or he definitely was last. He's most fouled player. Yeah. In the league. Uh, since Hazard's gone to the La Liga, I think Jack Grealish has taken that crown now. It's not surprising though, he is a proper talent and hopefully hopefully can help England. Hopefully he <laughs> plays for England. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. he can play for England and then then helps England. He to hopefully, the hopefully to the Euros and then joins Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> as a <laughs> as a European championship winner with us in the Champions League after winning the Europa League. Oh yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Um, Predictions for the game. How do we think this one's going to turn out? Because especially after Wolves now, I'm I'm very pessimistic about making predictions. But how can you see this one going? I think there is every chance of us losing the game um, just based on sort of the previous we've had with Villa. You know, they've beaten us the last two times. They beat us the end of last season under Arteta and at the start of this season, start of this season, it could have been five or six, really. Yeah, um, but I, I, I never like predicting losses, so I'm going to say I'm going to say a two-two draw. I think I just because say, I feel I was going to say the same. I just I don't trust Ronaldo at all to keep any form <laughs> of like any clean sheet. Or I mean, we will need holding and potentially Gabriel. You'd expect it to be to have a defensive masterclass. You'd expect you'd like you'd need Bellerin to somehow transform into Joshua Kimmich or something and <laughs> just completely nullify. I think I've seen some rumours of us uh, going back to a back three for this game, which I thought was a bit baffling. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my thoughts too, uh, especially with Maitland Niles. That you know you can't even yeah. ask him to do a job at right wing back against Grealish. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's at all feasible, but I was just wondering what you guys thought about that. Please, you no. You're going to have to play us for a three at the back. I like no. them so well in this system. I think you if, if you get three at the back, you're playing a not 100% Mary or a Chambers who has barely played this season. I, you, you then can't play the likes of Odegaard or Smith Rowe because that's that position mm-hmm. is sacrificed for that extra defender. It's, it's not like they have two or three world-class strikers as well that we need three men to nullify. No. I think... I think really world-class one, I'd say. 
in that team? I think our formations usually match up quite nicely. I think they played with that two-man pivot. I think it was, uh, yeah, McGinn and Douglas Louise played and that sort of, sort of replicated with us in Partey and Jacka. So I think tactically you'd expect us to match them up. If I couldn't, I don't know what we do if we go three at the back. Like who comes in? Because Cedric, I don't think it was wing back. You'd probably drop Saka down there. And Bellerin. Yeah. I was going to say 2-2 two, two as well. So I think defensively, there's going to be a couple of changes and I'm not confident, but I think we can go and score a couple. Dad, are you predicting a win or...? <laughs> you guys are too negative. You've got, to, you've got to say Arsenal are going to win. I honestly think it could be pretty convincing. Um, really? I'm not, I'm not even just saying that like for the laugh. I genuinely think... We play unless there's some big VAR call or another red card, which we we well. Do we know who the ref is? Is it Craig Porson again or Anthony oh, Taylor? I'll have a I think we, I think we've got, I think we've got Anthony Taylor oh, for gosh. this weekend. <laughs> Craig Porson's got um, the Newcastle game. Okay, well, at least on Twitter. Cool. Yeah, no, I'd say um, I, I do feel optimistic. I think that we will convincingly dominate the game. I think that Partey and Shaka pivot is what can enable us to their physical presence in the midfield is just like unmatchable and I think we will dominate their midfield if anything I think they're going to try and hit us on the counter so um, I think we'll dominate the game I'm going to go for a 3-1 and that, that is bold yeah, yeah I'm going to say 3-1 but I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet because like you said Run us and and I think their manager will say to them like test the keeper like have shots from outside the box like he's not completely confident see what he does. Yeah, I mean I think it'll be it'll be interesting especially to see if Grealish sort of detaches from that left hand side that he's become so accustomed to and just sort of firing pot shots against Renarsson and telling Watkins to follow them in because yeah. you could you could very conceivably see sort of. Especially if it, if you know there's adverse conditions, if it's windy or if it's raining, you can see we see the goalkeeper spilling them and uh, Watkins just going for a tap in. So yeah. it's going to be it's going to be interesting, certainly uh, with Renarsson in goal. If if Renarsson plays, we aren't we aren't certain on that. Yeah, true, if yeah. Renarsson plays, we are assuming it'll be him, but hopefully. How how fit do you think Matt Ryan has to be before he moves ahead of Renarsson in the pecking order? 90% fit. I mean, if he's 90% fit, you give him an injection or something to get him through the pain. But With keepers, it's different, though. You're either fit or you're not, really. Like, I mean, if he's if he's able to... I guess you see in, like, a last-minute training session, you don't really need that long to warm up into... Because you're not yeah. having to like, run around as much. So I guess you could do it off the base of, like, one training session. Is he good to go? Yeah, cool. Okay, let's get him out there. And then just warm him up well on the day and he should be okay. Yeah. I think I think it's going to be very disheartening to see uh, if we see Renarsson in goal. I don't think he'll have a great deal of communication with his defenders. From from what we've seen so far, he's not a particularly vocal leader. Seems to be no. someone that sort of goes back into his shell a lot when, you know, when it gets tough. Whereas I think Martinez on the other side will be coming to claim crosses, you know, starting counter-attacks. He'll be everything that Arsenal fans remember him being because yeah. that that you know 
he's he's the one that got away, really, isn't he? Even though we needed to sell him to be able to fund Party or Gabriel, um, he's the one that Arsenal fans are probably most split on. And obviously, we had we had that massive heartfelt goodbye, the really long video where he sat down saying, "You know, I've played for so long." Um, he, he's I think he's really got a place in Arsenal fans' hearts. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Just to clear up with the referees, Chris Kavanagh is in charge. Uh, and David Coote is on VAR. Okay. John Mark and Craig Pawson are the two we want to avoid. David Coote's made a couple of big errors, though, recently. I mean, so, they've all made errors, aren't they? They're all just yeah, incompetent. No one's blamed it. Anthony Taylor's on the Burnley Bryan game. So, and Craig Pawson's on Newcastle. So we've avoided those two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously, you want to, we want to all predict a win and hope we hope for a win. But if we draw 2-2, two, two, I don't know. I'd probably be a bit disappointed with that, I think. Yeah, we need to take three points, like 100%. Especially, especially after that Spurs loss against Chelsea. And we could have... Yeah. Uh, it's just ifs and buts, with, isn't it? With, with the fixtures we've got coming up, three points would be really, really handy. Because, I mean, we, we, we host Leeds yeah. next. Uh, and you'd, you'd hope for three points out of that. You'd hope that we can find enough holes in their, you know, free-flowing football. You know, they, they, they score a lot of goals, they concede a lot of goals, um, and hopefully we'll have 11 men on the pitch for the entirety of this this fixture. Yes. Um, and then obviously we've got Man City, Benfica, uh, either once or twice, depending on what happens with that. Um, you know, we've just got a horrible run of fixtures and we need to try and maximise points where we can from teams around us, even if we're not, you know, if we don't take three points at Manchester City, that's fine. But every every other game now, almost, because of the start of the season we had, is now a must-win just to get us into anywhere near European football. If we yep. can get six points from Villa and Leeds going into Man City will be very important. Yeah. And yep. we'll see how Europa League goes with, is it one or two? Uh, that is it for our Villa preview. Uh, obviously, we are the early kickoff on Saturday. Uh, we will be all watching, hoping for a win. And we'll be back Sunday or Monday to review it. So thank you for listening. Make sure to like and share. And we will see you next time. Come on, you gunners. Sports Social Podcast Network.